welcome to the Willow in the Windies with David Oram. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Yardley tried his best, God had won the test. They gave the crowd plenty fun, the second test and West Indies won. With those little pals of mine Hello and welcome to The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean cricket podcast. With me as usual to look at the week's major cricket news stories in the region and to discuss the hot topics in the tropics is the renowned Mr Joseph Reds Pereira. Greetings Reds, how are you? Yes, greetings to you and greetings to our listeners in the USA. Welcome to... Um, this program where we have to say hello to our friends in Grenada and also say hello to listeners in St. Lucia as this program begins to expand and grow. <laughs> Absolutely. No, thank you for that. And to anybody listening to us uh, uh, on the podcast uh, via the internet. Um, Jason Holder was still the... the one of the biggest bits of news in, in the Caribbean this week. Uh, he gave his press conference and there's been reaction to that. I was most interested in the reaction that I read today from former South Africa captain Graham Smith. Well, he was, was the one who would probably know uh, about um, trying to pull together a side. Uh, Graham Smith um, would experience the politics of South Africa um, with, uh, you know, the quota system, the... Uh, the various um, boards uh, working with selectors. He, 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 Graham Smith will have first-hand um, information uh, that he probably felt it was relevant uh, to Jason Holder, who had a good press conference. Mm. He's come out um, with good points and uh, getting um, a fair amount of support. And the, the endorsements of Brian Lara um, before the Graham Smith um, statement um, was very much in favour of Jason's holder. He's taking a young team, and uh, I think he would like them to at least be competitive and perform. But the, but the, the, the Graham Smith um, advice, I think, is from one who has had that experience when he, he started to cope with, with the captaincy. Uh, he said he didn't really get a handle on it until... He was in the captaincy for four years, David. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, these are the challenges that uh, Jason will, will face. I, th- I thought he was very, very articulate, um, Reds. It, it has been interesting, the, the reactions, though, in, in the Caribbean. Um, articles came out in the last uh, weekend uh, from Jamaica, Tony Becker, uh, and Garth Watley wrote about it as well. Um Several people still in Trinidad seem to be quite upset. Andre Baptista was uh, uh, spitting nails. And Tony Cozy pointed out in his article that, again, insularity is the challenge there in the Caribbean. Well, you know, if you look back with hope, uh, Sir Frank Warren was able uh, to almost push insularity out of the door. So did um, Clive Lloyd and, and uh, Sir Vivian Richards. And uh, I would think that, that uh, when uh, the, the players played for, for uh, Sobers, um, th- there was some kind of unity. Holder will have to look for that formula, mm. that kind of leadership, um, and the, the, the kind of preaching uh, that uh, 
hope that he can follow in the footsteps of Sir Frank Worrell, the late Clive Lloyd, Sir Vivian Richards, and Sir Garfield Sobers in minimising that kind of insularity. Mm, absolutely. Now we can hope that he's uh, a unifying force for uh, for the Caribbean and the West Indies team. Uh, last weekend, the West Indies Cricket Board held their quarterly uh, meeting, and a few items came out of that, uh, including they announced they've got a two million dollar surplus uh, perspective for September. A lot of that came from uh, income from the successful. Uh, tour by England earlier this year. They announced the dates for the Nagico Super 50, which are going to be in early January. One of the surprises there, Reds, was that uh, the tournament's not just going to be held in Trinidad and Tobago, but also in St Kitts. Yes. Um, well, I mean, a big plus for St Kitts. Um, I don't know what is the deal, you know, these days, um, you know, for any venue to host, uh, they have to come up with a number of goodies. Mm. Uh, St. Kitts must have come up with a number of, of goodies uh, to get involved. Um, it, it's a bonus nightmare. I mean, you, you okay. have to really bowl well in St. Kitts right. um, or else, you know, you're going to go for plenty. Um, but uh, maybe there probably is good reason um, to expand the uh, tournament um, 50 over to take place in TNT and St. Kitts in January. Um, the, the board has probably got their reasons, which they will ex- explain later. Um, Two million annual surplus, uh, what that really means, uh, we, we don't know. The $42 million still up in the air, mm-hmm. and the Indian board, I think, not in the position as a board uh, to overcome their internal differences. And of course, right now, they're their president um, in hospital, yeah. and uh, that will take some time. Whether India will tour in 2016, all that is left up in the air. But the $42 million is still there for us um, to deal with. No, you're, you're right. Just before uh, uh, we recorded this, we heard that, uh, uh, that Dalmir had uh, been taken to hospital with a, with a suspected heart attack, and uh, our thoughts uh, go out to him. Uh, there was also uh, a, a Concerns that uh, there's financial pressure on the West Indies Cricket Board about the financing of the uh, the four-day professional cricket league. Yes, um, they're not saying much in terms of you know the the uh, how much it's going to affect the start on November the sixth. Mm. Um, each um, franchise is separate from the board. Um, for example, uh, there's there's someone. Conde Riley heads the, the, the Trident's uh, franchise. Mm. Gregory Schillingford, for example, heads the Windward's franchise, the Volcanoes. And they have been asked, they have been asked to, um, to raise their own money. Mm. Um, how much they, they, they need to raise um, is uh, the initial payments starting... November 6th in, 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 in um, doubt? I, I don't think so. Um, but uh, already uh, the windwards are on the move because despite the damage in, um, in Dominica, um, the windwards board has decided that they've been um, convinced that all is good enough in Roseau, no damage to the ground. Okay. Uh, the players are already assembled volcanoes to be based in Dominica for the upcoming tournament. 
Oh, that's 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 some that's some heartening news. There's been some uh, movement on the players' front ahead of the uh, the, the league. Uh, a few weeks ago, you and I talked about Ryan Hines had um, uh, uh, turned down the opportunity to uh, go away from Barbados uh, to to play. Uh, I think it was, it was Guyana he was uh, signed for, I believe. But he's uh, it was revealed recently on a line and length show that he's actually working for the uh, UWI in a coaching capacity in Barbados. So he doesn't want to leave that behind. So he's sticking in Barbados. Uh, one movement we. I would think that he, he probably decided within himself that that was the best for his future. Whether there'll be mm. fallout from that, we, we, we don't know. But here is hoping that, um, you know, there, there's no action against him. Um, it is his life, his future. Yeah. But we've seen um, in the last couple of hours uh, a switch uh, between the Leewards and Trinidad and Tobago. Mm. And as they say in Creole, you know, <laughs> That's at least shown some fluidity in the uh, in the system and, and some common sense. Uh, one other uh, one that was mooted was uh, Ronnie Sarwan playing for Jamaica, but he wasn't able to make the pre-season trials and fitness, so that's uh, that's been that's gone by the wayside. Yes, um, I, I think it's, it's definitely his his future. He's looking at. Uh, I think he's into business, um, opening um, one or two. Um, private sector deals and, uh, you know, I think he's turning away from cricket. I mean, mm. you know, 34, 35, mm. it's time to look for um, life beyond cricket. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. And the other one I was interested in, you were telling me about, uh, before we uh, began recording, is Leeward Islands, uh, the former West Indies wicketkeeper, Devon Thomas. Yes, Devon Thomas, unfortunately, had some personal matters. His house was broken into, uh, which really, I mean... Uh, it's something that you know, everyone uh, tries really hard to deal with. And then after that, um, his son um, was in hospital. And in fact, himself and the mother of the child had to be actually sleeping um, at the hospital, taking turns uh, to ensure that, you know, the, the, the child I know, was, uh, they were there for the child to give him some moral support. And he... Eventually, he um, couldn't go to St. Kitts uh, as required, and uh, he missed the cut of the 15. Mm. Well, you know, only yesterday uh, he was saying, still hoping that he'll be considered, uh, and maybe um, still hoping to play for the West Indies. He's a useful player. He brings a lot of enthusiasm. He brings a lot of spirit to any side he's, he plays for, and uh, he now would like to just be used as a player who would be paid as he played. We keep our fingers crossed for him because he's only 25 and he's by no means a, a, an old person. Hmm. 
uh, another player who's uh, still got some mileage left in him, it seems, is uh, Shiv Chandrapal, who's uh, with Guyana, has been doing his pre-season practice. Uh, this week he was uh, given a, a, an award as, a, as, a, as an icon in New York, uh, but he, he also uh, seemed to get rather upset at not being recognised on re-entering Guyana, his own country, at the airport, and, and, not, and, and having to queue up with everybody else. Well, I must say that um, the young lady who... Um, said, you know, who are you, must be on the job for, uh, on her opening day. I mean, you <laughs> know, not knowing Shibnar Rai Chanjapal, you're probably uh, not interested in cricket. Um, you probably have come through the training system and you are first day on the line. Uh, not also knowing where is unity uh, surprised me even more, you know. <laughs> Um, because everybody knows that Unity is 22 miles uh, from, from Georgetown. And, you know, you want to think that any any young guy needs, and I think, uh, assume that she's a young person just on the job. Uh, so she failed on, on both counts. Um, why he was not alone in the VIP line? Well, you have to be physically there, David, to... Uh, to see what what transpired, mm. but I, I hope that the relevant apologies have, have been made, um, and uh, the matter you know will be soon forgotten. But it surely shouldn't happen, and maybe immigration officers, especially the young ones, uh, should be briefed and should go through some sort of a, a training program um, about um, people who are icons in, in in various fields, and that applies to any part of the Caribbean. Mm. Yeah, interesting, interesting take. Um, there was a couple of other cricketers, at least from the Caribbean, who were more on the gossip pages of the newspapers this week than the uh, uh, the, the sports back pages. Uh, I think everybody has read and seen and done to death uh, Chris Gale's announcement that he'd had a, a strip club in, uh, put in his own bedroom. I think we can pass discreetly on from that one, uh, Reds, with, uh, fluttering her old middle-aged eyes at that. But he was also listed as being one of the players likely to go and play in the new Pakistan Super League 2020 competition early next year? Yes, uh, we're seeing names appearing. Um, I think that um, one name we have seen linked is that of, of, of Russell. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Sami name, Badri. Uh, the names are coming out slowly. It's a, a major coup for the Pakistanis if, if they can pull it off and if it could be successful. And for it to be successful, they have to be able um, to attract the major names. But you know, David, how much more 2020 oh. the world can can see and the world can take mm-hmm. before people, you know, feel well, you know, I I really can't watch that. Um, you know, I, I will I'll pick and choose which 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 2020 I I, I will follow on television. Yeah, no, it, it's almost like I'll have yet another donut and I won't actually have any proper dinner. Um, but hey, as I said, we're, we're middle-aged Reds and uh, perhaps it's something that the other people prefer as their main form of cricket. Um, Brian Lara was also in the news. Uh, he uh, was in Dominica uh, in the week as a special envoy for the uh, new Trinidad uh, government. And he's gone on from there to, to England and played in a, a charity match yesterday at the uh, Oval. Yes, uh, that was for a British charity, um, and it did attract uh, a, a, a lot of personalities. And he's down to play on the 26th in Barbados in 
a fundraising game for uh, Dominica, all proceeds going to Dominica. I think they're hoping that uh, all the players will contribute um, their their time, and maybe some of the entertainers that will help to attract the crowds uh, will also give up their time. Um, will they, in fact, full Kensington? It, it depends on, on how the sides line up, because, you know, I think the... the, the, the the Barbadian public would like to see a little bit of a competitive edge. Hmm. The original idea, I think, came from Trinidad, and they wanted to play two 2020s at the end of September. Um, but uh, the, the board decided first it will go to Jamaica, and then it will come uh, to Barbados. But their idea was the Red Steel versus uh, the rest, and they figured that that would have certainly had a little bit of competitive edge, and that would have filled uh, the, the Oval in Port of Spain. Well, here's hoping that Kensington is bursting at the seams and uh, it's good entertainment and uh, Dominica will benefit on the, on the 26th. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one final little bit of news for people who might not have seen it, uh, still sticking with the cult of celebrity, is that uh, the Trelawney Stadium, the all-purpose sports uh, arena in, in Jamaica uh, is likely to be renamed after Usain Bolt. I think the last first class game was probably, or, or proper game of cricket, was probably played by the touring New Zealanders uh, uh, last year, Reds. Yes, well, um, you know, naming it after Bolt isn't going to turn the facility um, into a successful story. Um, they, they need to be a programme. It was to be the home of a football entity that didn't quite work out. Um, and red, red and truly, it's, it's, it's seen still as a white elephant. Mm. Um, it's up in western Jamaica, and they've got to come up um, with a plan. Uh, you know, there's no uh, track, so you name it um, after a, a great man. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one doesn't expect maybe a track to be put down straight away. And even if you put down a track on what basically is a cricket ground, you're going to have very short boundaries in terms of square leg and, 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 and cover point. Uh, but they've, they've got to come up with a plan, um, working with uh, the community, working with the various associations uh, to make what was then felt that it was unnecessary to have built that facility uh, that whatever uh, opening ceremony you could have had uh, could have been held um, at, at Sabina Park or the National Stadium in, 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 in Jamaica, and that was not necessary um, to find a lot of money for. Mm. We talked about Usain Bolt there, uh, a man of great, great success in the, in the Caribbean in his own field. But moving further afield, but sticking with success, Reds, um, I was very uh, interested to see the success of Suriname in uh, Division 6 of the uh, ICC World Cricket League. And Suriname, of course, comes under the West Indies Cricket Board's general umbrella, I believe. Yes, um, they're a footballing nation. They've produced a number of footballers who've played for Holland. Um, and, um, you know, over the years, their, their, their football infrastructure has been highly recognized. And um, they play some cricket, although maybe not known to, to the world. I mean, I actually lived in Suriname for a year mm. and played in Paramaribo at the Dr. Snellen Park. I played for a team called Victoria. But the main cricket I think really played... Um, 
in the neighboring um, area of Suriname, um, close to, to the Guyana border. Uh, that's where uh, many Guyanese have, have made uh, their home. And uh, of course, the, the, the man who was outstanding was Gavin Singh, who was a bit of an all-rounder. He comes from Guyana. And uh, they mainly play in an area called Naikiri, which is, is close to the Cartine River and other areas. Um, but, um, you know, it, it could, in fact, bring new linkage between Suriname and Holland. Uh, you might get one or two Dutch uh, clubs, uh, even an official tour by Suriname to Holland or, or, or vice versa. So, you know... Guyana is not the only place that cricket is played in South America. Uh, you can now add Suriname to, to that. Well, we'll have to watch them carefully and uh, uh, hope that they can develop and uh, strengthen the region. Uh, the, the weaker end of the, the region was uh, highlighted in the same competition by the Caymans, uh, who were in the, the same division. Uh, they only didn't finish bottom in Division 6 because their match against Saudi Arabia was cancelled because the Saudis didn't turn up because they couldn't get visas. Um, possibly more shameful than the Cayman Islands this week was the scenes in Bermuda Reds. Did you, did you see the, uh, the scenes or read about... The fight on the cricket field in the champions uh, champions match. No, David. I think you 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 you've got information that I don't have. Ah well, uh, j- just just briefly, uh, the, the the main match of the the season dege- uh, live on the national television degenerated into a fight and a uh, police car having to come on and uh, escort the uh, uh, fighting uh, players away. It was uh, most distressing, and uh, I'll I'll move on from that because. Uh, I don't think it's obviously something we, we want to think too much more about. Uh, yeah, but it's something i like just like to compliment you on. You came up with the idea um, of the renaming of the Safak World Trophy to include the late Richie Benno. <laughs> and I think these are, well, David, it was a great idea, and I hope it gets some traction from both boards. I mean, these two men, Frank World then and Richie Benno then really saved cricket. Cr- cricket was a, a dying sport, and then that six to sixty one tour really, mm. um, you know, brought back cricket to life. The, the famous tight test in, in Brisbane and how the the series was played, and two hundred thousand people, you know, came to Melbourne to say goodbye. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> you have underscored the fact that other trophies are Border Gavaskar, Australia, India, Warner, Mauritian, Australia, Sri Lanka, Chapel Hadley, Australia, New Zealand, and the latest one is Nelson Mandela Mahatma Gandhi, yeah. uh, South Africa, India. So I, I think there, there is a basis of maybe your idea, um, you know, getting support go, going forward, David, and well done. No, well, thank you. I had a, a nice response from uh, uh, one of the directors and uh, the, the CEO. Let's hope they, they, they take the idea forward. But, but to me, Frank Wall, one of the greats and icons of the game, as is Sir... Uh, well, he was never knighted, but uh, Richie Benno. And just to, to me, it seemed that together they encapsulate what's best about both countries and their, their cricketing interaction. And their their relationship during that tour, you know, yes. at the end of it, I mean, you know, they exchanged blazers and, you know, it, it was, in fact, a, a major, a major end of tour scene between um, Frank Whirl and, and Richie Benno there. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll wait and see. Um, 
thinking of other uh, greats, uh, lots of column inches this week, Reds, on, on the passing of former England captain Brian Close, who most famously uh, covered in bruises by West Indian fast bowlers. Yes, um, a very brave Yorkshireman. Um, and, you know, had he not, had he not um, maybe got that game wrong, a complete game between Yorkshire where he was accused mm. of delaying tactics, um, he might have gone on to be a very successful England England captain. In fact, he might have come out to the West Indies as captain. And eventually, um, the the English board took action against him. He lost the captaincy. But um, what is his track record, David? Um, I think he seven tests, uh, six wins, England seven times, and, and, and won six. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And in fact, he did go out to the Caribbean in 67-68 to, to cover the tour as a journalist. <laughs> yeah, I'm a young man at 18, he won his first cap against New Zealand in 49. Yeah. And should have, should have played a, a lot more. He wasn't as stylish, but he was solid and he had, um, you know, he had the heart of, of a Warwickshire. And um, he... He took the, the best of the West Indies fast bowling. That, that, that's the best way I can say that. He, he, in, a, in a weird way, he always reminded me of Muhammad Ali, and I'll explain that. Uh, close in 63, was battered by Hall of Griffith, and at the end of his career, he was battered by Holding and Roberts. And Muhammad Ali, his two greatest ever successes, was a young man. Everybody was frightened that he would be killed in the ring uh, by uh, Sonny Liston. He beat him. And then at the end of his career what was thought, people thought he would get uh, killed by George Foreman, and he beat him too. Um, Close didn't quite have that success over West Indian fast bowlers, but I just thought there was a symmetry. Yes, I think in 76, uh, the England selectors turned towards experience, David Steele, Brian Close, etc., to try and combat the, the, the West Indies attack. Mm. Yeah, uh, and and just to, to, to note in passing as well that uh, also went was uh, this week was Barry Mayer, a former international uh, umpire who, uh, who officiated in both the nineteen seventy nine and nineteen eighty three World Cup finals, won famously by the West Indies first time and uh, lost famously in uh, eighty three. Well, I saw him in seventy nine. I saw him in eighty three. I remember seventy nine a little more better because uh, we won for the second time. <laughs> uh, 83, you tend to want to forget it. Yes, yes. I, 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 in not quite the same capacity as you, Reds, I was there for both of those two games too. 79 was my first big match at Lords. I was 11 years old and my dad took me along and obviously I was passionately uh, a, a, an England fan and when at 99 for four, some guy I'd never heard of called Collis King came out to join with Richards, I confidently told my dad, we'd get this man out in no time. Well, I live to regret that comment. Yes, it was quite a knock by Collis King, and going back to 83, quite a catch by Kapil Dev running back mm. to dismiss Richards, and that might have been the turning point. I think I think it was very much. Um, we haven't really got any time left to sort of like discuss anything in depth, Red. We've only got a, a minute or two later. But something from a, a few weeks ago, I just want a, a quick reaction from you. Um, a lot of discussion about the, the Pakistan players that have been banned, uh, they've now served their bans. Do you think any of those guys should be allowed back into international cricket? My sympathy is with the young left-arm fast bowler. Mohamed mm, uh, Yes, uh, I think that's the one I will have some sympathy for. 
the Pakistan board will have to handle this very carefully. Uh, they will have to monitor very carefully, and I will think that the ICC will be monitoring also very carefully too. Um, we just have to wait and see. Um, they've started to play some cricket already. Mm. Um, whether they will get into the national side, we just have to wait and see. Um, uh, Pakistan should be suiting up soon. And uh, maybe that will give us an indicator. Well, I can I can tell you from somebody who lives here in Pakistan now that uh, uh, the, the the attitude of the local press and the national press here has, in the main, been very anti that these are people that uh, disgrace the national honour and there should be no forgiveness. Well, it was in fact a disgraceful act, and, and one can, can can well understand because it it was really taking cricket um, to a, a very low level where you 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 can't trust what you see. Yeah. Well, Red, that's uh, about it for this week. Uh, let's lift the bows and call time. Thank you as ever for joining me. And our special hello to our listeners in Grenada, in Saint Lucia, and in the USA, and wherever you are hearing us uh, on the World Wide Web, Twitter, etc., etc., David. <laughs> Very well said, sir. This has been The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, and I hope you can join us again next time. Goodbye. <laughs>